It's the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris McConey, where we cover the latest and greatest happenings across the sports world. Family friendly and all about the sports, let's get to it. It is the January 16th edition of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am cold. I am very (laughs) cold. And probably most of our listeners are cold as well because the entire country is like an icebox. Yeah, it's getting cold. It's a little bit late there from the past Christmas, but hey. No, well, I mean, this is just winter. Winter just started. You know, I know a lot of people think Christmas is when the. Yeah, like this is where it just. Misconception. It is a misconception. But yeah, so it is very cold. It is very cold. And some of those football games this past weekend were very cold. We're We're colder. Yeah, well. I would not want to play football uh, in negative twenty-three degree wind chill uh, type weather. That that sounds like like misery. And yet, and yet, I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs uh, were able to move the ball and make plays. And uh, even when their equipment was cracking apart from the becoming brittle, uh, they 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 actually were able to score some points. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting round of playoffs. A lot of people they had to move the the Bills game from Sunday That's to right. Monday because of the snow, and ended up hiring people to shovel the snow out of the stadium, uh, which was in an eventful time. If you watch the videos on that, and mm-hmm. then Kansas City, I think Kansas City was slightly colder uh, with the wind chill, but both those games were were really cold. And now Kansas City has to go to you know the bills to play in yet another cold football game because Buffalo is always cold. So that'll be fun for them. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they'll win that one. And then finally they'll be able to get to hopefully some warmer temperatures. Um, yeah. They'll they'll have to go play either Baltimore or the, or Texas. So it might be a slightly warmer if they can get Texas, but if not, they'll have to go and deal with the cold yet again. But you know, does Texas get to hold home field throughout the the deal? Uh, So they, they got home field last game. Um, I'm not. Let me see. Actually, no. Baltimore gets home field next because Baltimore's okay. number one in there. Uh, and then I'm not exactly sure where the Kansas City Chiefs and I think Kansas City actually holds a higher seat, so they'll have to go to Kansas City if they win. I know okay. they'll play in Buffalo next, though. There was some crazy scenario I read. I saw a post on X about it. I didn't validate it, so I don't know if it was true. But it was basically saying that there was a scenario where the playoffs would have had to go through Tampa Bay all the way through to the Super Bowl um, if a certain set of teams uh, won their games in Tampa or lost and Tampa continued to win their games. Uh, That would have been pretty crazy given that they just kind of squeaked in there with not a great record. Um, but let's talk about that game for a minute. Uh, that game was in Tampa and, uh, the, the Eagles came to town and looked terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it was they made bad. Baker, they made Baker Mayfield look like Tom Brady. Yeah. Dare I mean, I all those, all those memes that were doing that were a little much. Um, yeah. Oh, was that happening? Was, I didn't even, I didn't even see that. Someone, okay. you know, posted the image that, of the meme of you know the one of the spider-man movies he's like cleaning off his glasses and it's like a blurred image of tom brady and then it's like baker mayfield the other image got it uh, which is a little much um but okay i know that you are mr anti baker mayfield for whatever reason not anti 
Okay. But well, I, I feel like realistic. I feel like no matter what he does, um, you believe that uh, a bad game is just a game away. No yeah, matter what. He hasn't done he hasn't done anything great yet. It's we're still waiting for that Baker Mayfield game. I mean, he had that one game against the Rams where he led that one drive that everyone talked about. But other than that, it hasn't been that great from Baker Mayfield. However, I thought in he this had a game, pretty good. I thought he had a pretty good game against. In this game, it was uh, the it Eagles. Was, it was it was bad in every single way for the Eagles. Nothing went right for them no. at all. Tackling yeah. wasn't there. Penalties galore. The uh, tush push at the goal line was uh, stopped by, by the Vita way. Vea, yeah, yeah. Vita which Vea was solid. Is now, yeah. So now he's set the prescription. Now, now, now everybody knows how to stop it. Well, I mean, you got to have Vita Vea to stop it. You got to have a guy that big <laughs> to stop yeah. it. Yeah. It doesn't work that way if you have like a 20 pound guy right there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that was all worked out in, in the Bucks' favor. I mean, Baker Mayfield didn't have to do pretty much anything to get the ball moving. They just threw it quick little slants and things like that, that they've been doing all season long. That's kind of worked, kind of not. Uh, just worked out really well for him. No one was able to tackle. No one was able to do pretty much anything. I picked the Eagles in this game because I figured I knew both the teams were bad and were on slides. I just wasn't sure which one was worse. Apparently, I was wrong. The Eagles are worse than the Bucks right now. Uh, and I think there's probably a big shakeup going to happen for the Eagles at this point. Yeah. Uh, I've heard even before the game began that if he lost, they might fire their head coach. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Jason Kelsey retired today, so they don't have him anymore. Okay. Okay. Uh, so now their main guy that made the Judge Push work is gone. So you can't do that anymore. Uh, or you're going to figure out who's going to replace him. So that's just been a bad 24 hours for the Eagles. As far as the Bucks are concerned, it was a great win for them. You know, they're able to win again in their in their home field, home crowd. Uh, in a game that was, none of the games were actually. There's only like one game that was relatively close. Like everything else was blowouts. Uh, mm-hmm. And the team that that won won huge. Um, I think you know the the Rams Lions game was only a good game of the wild card round. That was even entertained to watch for longer than 25 seconds. Uh, but I think, you know, at this game, you know, I think Baker Mayfield and the the Bucks faithful are going to be riding a high going into Detroit. Uh, they're going to try to dethrone the Lions. And as we'll talk about in a few minutes after we cover the wild card about these other games, I think that game is one of the hardest ones to call in that one. I think de- the Bucks defense is one of the best in the National Football League. And what makes the Bucks an interesting uh, team to watch because the Bucks did a really good job with the Eagles. Even when the Eagles seemed like they had a little bit of spark going, something was going to happen for them. They kept them relatively in check as well. So I think that was good for them. Uh, but yeah, it was a 9-32 to point win for the Buccaneers, which is not what you want as an Eagles fan. I'll be curious to see what the Eagles look like and how far the Bucks are, or the Bucks can run. Yeah, okay. So any comments on the Steelers game? Um. Uh, the only comment on that one is the uh, Steelers were not ready for what the Bills threw out them. It yeah. was just bad from the beginning. There's a lot of turnovers in that game. Um, there was a lot of miscues as far as defensive uh, players, secondary. Nothing was really working out there. And then offense was just stalling drive after drive after drive. Nothing was really going for him. And then Josh Allen just ripped apart that team and took full advantage of everything. I did see afterwards, George Pickens was complaining that the refs lost in the game, um, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense considering uh, the, the, uh, 
that that he was the one that fumbled the football and there was really nothing that the refs could have done to help him in any way, shape or form. But yeah, that game was really bad. And it doesn't, I feel like when you like watch these games, you're expecting these games to kind of help you call the next few games. But I don't feel like that did that for these games. But yeah, I don't think that game has a lot to talk about just based off the fact that it wasn't really close and it never really was. Yeah. I hate that when these, when these games end up lopsided, I want a nice, I want a battle. You know, I expect these playoff games to be bad. Now, I do understand, like, in this wild card round, it's probably where you're most likely going to get, you know, lopsided games. But uh, going into the next round, uh, I expect us to get some higher quality, um, higher quality fare, hopefully. Um, So let's talk about that. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, What are you seeing and thinking as we head into... Uh, what do they call it? The divisional round? The divisional round, that- yes. Okay. Divisional playoff round, yeah. So we got, you know, the Texans versus the Ravens. You got the Packers versus the 49ers. You got the Buccaneers versus the Lions. And you got Chiefs versus Bills. Uh, like I said, I think the, the Buccaneers-Lions game uh, is one of the harder ones to call. However, I think I think it's the Bucks defense is probably the strongest defense in that game. I think they've got the best one, uh, but I think their offense is the weakest part of that game. I don't think it's, I don't, it's not going to be as easy as it was against the Eagles to move the football. And I think that's going to be forcing them to go back to what they've been how doing. Good is, how good is Detroit's secondary? Detroit. And again, in that Rams game, they got blown apart several times with Puka Nakua just, yeah. running down the field, burning everybody. It was just the Puka Nakua show, like basically yeah. the whole time for the Rams. However, um, they the, the Lions did make a few key stops when they needed to, which gives you a little bit more positivity. However, Mike Evans could have a pretty decent game in that one. That's what I'm thinking, uh, yeah. Um, so I think that's something you got to watch that, that battle. Did you see that uh, the Trey Palmer touchdown in the Tampa game? Yeah. Number 10? I, didn't, I, I don't think you can look at that game as anything. Like I said, I think a lot of the wild card games – Gave a zero basis for what's going to happen in the division. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Baker Mayfield connecting with open players and then open players making something of the play. My biggest issue with that Bucks Eagles game is it gives, it was on the national scale. Therefore it creates a false sense of what the Bucks are actually are for a whole audience. In order (laughs) to get, (laughs) what are you the protector of audiences? (laughs) <laughs> I, my point is, like, when people are going to be like picking games and people are going to be doing these things, they usually don't go back and watch a ton of games. They usually just okay. kind of pick off what they see. You mean the that Gen- was a you false Joe representation? Average, Joe Average picking up his like draft just the fantasy, just like the just like yeah. the just 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 a fan of the sport, right? Unless you're a Bucks fan and you've watched the whole thing, you don't really know what's gone down. And that was just a a performance that made the Bucks look like Super Bowl contenders when the Bucks are. are just squeaking by every single round. The Eagles, I mean, it was awful. It was just an awful performance. If you're watching the Bucks, scrap that game from your memory and go back and watch the other games because okay. well, hey, those listen. are the more realistic games. Hey, but you know what? They had to win a, a pretty good number of games to get into position. Oh, no, no, no. The other games that they've had are more, they've had to win football games. They've won close ones. Not to say they haven't. I'm just saying the Eagles game is a bad representation of what they are. Of how good they, how good they, you think that they actually are. are. How much is the skill gap between them and other playoff teams? And it's a pretty big one. Uh, But I think the Lions will be able to, you know, a pressure Baker Mayfield, you know, 
because there was no pressure on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield just stood back there for forever. Uh, the running game will probably take a little bit of a step back uh, in this game. I think, you know, the Detroit Lions are going to come after uh, Baker. They're going to come after the running backs. They're going to try to keep them in check. Now, I do think the secondary of the Lions is a little bit of a liability, and Mike Evans could have some routes where he's wide open. The problem is, even in the Eagles game, you saw Baker overthrow some guys. His, his throws don't have any mm-hmm. arc to them. They're just kind of line drives. Right. Uh, so, you, so that's a little bit worrisome because uh, if you, the Eagles are giving you everything and you still can't hit, the easy passes where Mike Evans is wide open, that causes a little bit of cause for concern. Um, but I also think that the Bucks defensively is very strong. I think that that's their, their strong point is that linebacker and defense, uh, defensive line. I think their secondary as for the Bucks is also very weak. That's something we talked about for several years. Now they're trying to work in some new pieces, trying to keep everything kind of intact a little bit, trying to solve those gaps that they have. But this line team has really good, wide receivers that can you make make you pay but the problem is you know which offense is going to play better down the end of the down the stretch at the end of the game in the last two three minutes uh who's gonna have the ball in their hand who's gonna have played better the entire game so like i said with the rams lions game i think or a couple days ago i said that game was going to morally come down to who has the better offense who's going to stall first in the offense again that's probably going to win and i think the same things would be similar here uh, if the if Baker Mayfield and this this team can get a lot of passes and they can take advantage of some of the miscues of the secondary, they could keep themselves in an interesting perspective. Because last time they played early in the season, they could have probably won against the Lions early in the season had they had an offense that was complementing the defense. Um, but like I said, I think this team, this Bucks team, is a lot of short passes to try to work down the field against the Lions, a team that's not falling apart and completely exploding right now they're in a situation where they can you know keep that in check and i think that the bucks are going to have to protect baker mayfield and they're going to have to take the shot early they can't wait to the later part of the game to start taking the, moving the ball down the field to, otherwise you can become predictable so in that game okay. uh i think you know you gotta you gotta do some sort of prediction here i'm gonna stay away from the scores a little bit i don't those are harder to predict in these ones but i do think the lines are gonna win i don't think they i think the bucks are gonna take the l in a close one uh so that's my prediction there Okay. For the other game that I think, you know, staying in the NFC is the Packers and the 49ers. Now, right. if you follow social media, everyone's saying, oh, it's the 49ers, the 49ers, it's, you know, scripted. I'm not a huge fan of all that theory. I also think that the Packers might be the best NFC team right now. Where hmm. they're at, where they've been playing, Jordan Love's been playing out of his mind. Watching that game and watching some of the other games uh, right before the playoffs, I think I watched week 18 against the Bears, just watching the way he's been playing, watching Aaron Jones, watching these wide receivers come into their own, some of these rookies that they have, some of the second-year guys that they have. They're starting to play well, and they're playing well at the right time. Uh, I think they're going to have some success against this 49ers team. I think they have been really playing well. For the 49ers, since they haven't played last week, I went back and watched the Ravens game, the one that they ended mm-hmm. up losing because the other few games have been fluff. Hasn't really been a whole lot there. In that game, all the fast wide receivers of the Ravens gave the 49ers secondary problems, and they were able to run away from guys and actually had some success there. So I think the Green Packers can do that. I think Jordan Love is a tremendous uh, quarterback, and he's going to have a lot of success in the passing game. I think he can carve up the secondary quite well. The only concern I have a little bit is the pass rush because obviously the 49ers have invested and done some trades to try to boost that a little bit. However, he doesn't seem flustered. Even with pressure in his face, he seems like he can just stay back there and be calm and just try to make his play. Now, I think the biggest attribute and the biggest reason why I say that I think the Packers can win this game is because 
Brock Purdy in that Ravens game, when he was pressured and he was forced to kind of not be comfortable back there, you could see him become flustered and make some bad decisions with the football, just kind of launch and try to move back there. He's not the most you know mobile quarterback in the world. He's a little bit more of a pocket passer. So if you can get him uncomfortable and off balance and make sure all your guys are home in the back end, you can maybe cause some of those bad throws to happen where you can get a few interceptions. So I think going after Brock Purdy early, going after him in blitzes and things like that to try to get him off balance is going to be huge for you because you can get him in long down distances and then Christian McCaffrey's not as big a factor and then you can just kind of worry about the wide receivers and tight ends that they have. So I do think that the Packers are, or the, the Packers could definitely beat the 49ers. I think offensively, as good as the 49ers are, I think Christian McCaffrey you know, puts them a little bit past the Packers right now, but I think the Packers are really good offensively. So yeah, I think that's kind of uh, my prediction for that one. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I think the the Packers are might, might be one of the best teams in the NFC, depending on what happens with the Lions and depending on if they make a strong enough statement against Tampa. I I, I mean, I might be thinking that they are going to be the uh, NFC side uh, Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl competition there because i think they are they plus the lines are the best teams there but i think what jordan love's been able to do they might have been able to pick a the last perfect people to uh to uh, go behind aaron Rodgers, like brad Favre to aaron Rodgers yeah. to jordan love that seems like a perfect right. trajectory uh i don't know if aaron Rodgers just told him everything that he needed to know about how to have success in the national football league because he is playing uh lights out football right now so that's kind of my all right how about on the yeah, I was going to say, how about on the AFC side? Okay, so yeah, yeah. Uh, these games are a little harder to decide. I'm going to start with the Chiefs and Bills because everyone's used to the Chiefs and the Bills playing each other, whether that's in the playoffs or that's outside the playoffs. Yeah. It's always seemed to happen this way. And every single time that it seems to happen, it seems like the Chiefs always pull out the victory. Now, the only side note to this game is this is Patrick Mahomes' first um, playoff game on the road. He's never had to play on the road. He's never had to leave his home stadium to play a like period yeah, out of all this out of his out of his I think sixteen right? starts. It's never been on the road. Uh, Is that right? Wow, that's really surprising. I didn't. So know that. he's got to do his first time, you know, playing. He's got to go to uh, Buffalo Bill Stadium here, and he's going to see if he can win in a game that seems like, based off history, points to the fact that they'll be able to win it. Um, honestly, I think this there's some variables that are missing Tyree kills obviously gone uh but i think you know these teams they they go at each other and they play really well i think it's going to be another thriller i I think every time you put kansas city and you put the buffalo bills against each other it's always an intriguing interesting matchup to watch and to enjoy um i think the kansas city chiefs like in that game uh, in the wild card game against the dolphins played good defensively they locked up everyone on the dolphins offense they did not allow him to run the football. They did not allow them to pass the football. And only other than the big Tyree kill play, they kept him in check within the 5-10 yard range and came up, made the tackle and made the plays and refused to let them kind of get, do anything. Now, Buffalo is obviously a little bit used to colder temperatures, and they have obviously have a team that's been through the gridiron and is hungry for a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes. It's kind of hard for me to pick against Andy Reid. It's kind of hard to get, pick against Kansas City. So, like I said, about the other few games, I don't think any of them is going to be a blowout. I think this would be a close game, but I think Kansas City, you know, played that game that they had. They showed their what they're made of. They showed how hungry they are for the victory, and they showed what they can do. And they all, they cleaned up a few of the drops and things like that. So I think they'll they'll build a pull out the victory in that one. And then the Ravens Texans, I get it. The Texans had a great game uh, against the Browns. They mm-hmm. annihilated mm-hmm. the Browns. They refused to let them do anything. 
but I still got the Ravens. I think the Ravens have a really good secondary. They got a really good defense. They're going to be doing a better job than the Browns did in the past passing game. They're not going to let them do what they, in my opinion, what they were able to do against the Browns. Um, I think CJ Stroud and Lamar Jackson have a great duel. I think this is going to be one of the more intriguing matchups because it's like an up and coming guy in CJ Stroud and this Texans team versus uh, Baltimore Ravens team that's been around and they're starting to establish themselves and made some of the right moves in the offseason and everything like that. So I think the the experience uh, experience of of um, the Baltimore Ravens, I think the team that they've been able to put together, and I think Lamar Jackson in this defense is going to be able to get them across to the finish line. Uh, and I think the uh, I think te- the Texans' little little run that they've been able to put on and put together is going to probably end here. Uh, I think the Ravens are just the more uh, I, I like them. I usually don't pick based off of how much playoff experience that you have, but I think in this case, when you have an experienced coach, an experienced quarterback, an experienced wide receiver, and OBJ, and then some of the new pieces that you add in there, plus the defense that has already been playing lights out football the whole year round, I think that's that points itself to an easy victory for the Ravens. So on the AFC side, like I said, I think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Ravens move on to the next round, and then the Green Bay Packers Lions in the next round as well. All right. Very interesting. How is CJ Stroud on the road? I mean, I'm not exactly sure the stats on that, but the entire season he's played as long as he's healthy and he's not injured, he's on that football field. He just plays. He's great. He, he just, just plays. Plays. he's just he's just awesome. that. Okay. All right. So I want to shift gears for uh the the back part of the the show here and talk a little bit about all of the coaching changes that have gone on. And I want to broaden our perspective beyond just the NFL to even talking a little bit about college football coaches and some of those changes, just because there may be some interplay between the two as college coaches move to the NFL or vice versa. So with that being, uh, being said, we had some really big deal coaching changes happen I can't even say in the offseason because yeah. the offseason hasn't even begun yet. So, uh, so yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so you got you know Pete Carroll moving on from Seattle, which is a big a big deal coming out of Seattle. Personally, probably the biggest one because I'm a Seattle fan, obviously. But I think the one that more, probably more people are talking about, at least in the NFL, is Bill Belichick moving on to from New England. Everyone thinks he's going to go Atlanta route and, and sign there. He just did an interview with them. So you got those two coaches kind of sitting out there. I know Belichick wants to coach again. He's already been kind of active in that whole conversation. You just heard, did you just say he's tied to Atlanta? Yeah. He's, he's been like, a, oh, I don't like Why? Because well, I'm in the South. <laughs> you don't want Belichick to come in there? Uh, I don't want him in the South. I think, I mean, that's where everyone says is the most ideal situation for him. Uh, he wants like a, a good lineup that's not too well established is what I saw as a report. So he kind of wants to be able to help teams grow and kind of mold them into what he wants. Obviously that's Belichick style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Carroll obviously is right now sitting in the in-between. He's like, he might want to coach again. He's not forcing anything. So, you know, maybe if the right job <laughs> pops up, he'll, he'll move over there. So those are the two biggest ones in the NFL. And I think Seattle is going to look at, I think Dan Quinn's one of the options from Dallas after their total collapse in the playoffs. Uh, we'll see. And they've been off asking for some head coaching uh, candidates. They've been interviewing some different people there. So I'm interested to see kind of how that all looks. And then there's some lo- different profile, little, little bit lower profile ones like Tennessee. I heard that Mike Tomlin's coming back for the Steelers. So he won't be leaving. Uh, I mean, okay. there's, I can't even remember all of them, but obviously Atlanta is there. Chargers yeah. are there. I um, mean, speaking of the Chargers, they're thinking about getting, 
they're so, getting thinking about getting Jim Harbaugh to come to from Michigan to uh, the Chargers. They already did an interview with him uh, like yesterday. So we could see him finally, after all the rumors and after all of the possibilities, and actually make the jump to the NFL. Uh, I mean, obviously at this point, it's, again, again, it's probably the the right time to do it because his his quarterback and running back uh, guys are both going to the NFL draft. So his team's kind of falling apart a little bit there. Uh, so we, so it makes sense for him to start this kind of journey now. It seems like it's Chargers is the team he's going after right now. That's every time there's a report, it's always him plus the chargers. So that position could be filled up pretty soon here as well. Um, I also think I saw something about the Atlanta Falcons interviewing him. I guess a lot of teams are going to do their due diligence on him and see if they want to bring him yeah. in. Cause obviously he's had a lot of success at, you know, both Michigan and, um, and the four ers And then they also, you know, a little bit older news. They also beat, you know, Washington in the, uh, college football final and that was an interesting game but you know that's a different story for a different time the other one that's big is nick saban retiring from alabama which they all seem like yeah. there was Pete carroll nick saban both retired the same day and then belichick like a few days afterwards so all the big three kind of fell around the same time and the alabama did not wait long to solve that issue and get the new head coach in there taking the coach from UW, which caused a little bit of a stir in washington they didn't mm-hmm. love the way he exited. However, you know, if Alabama's calling, you have an opportunity to run a team like Alabama and try to keep them together. You you jump at that opportunity. So I'm interested to see what Alabama looks like in the post-Nick Saban era. You know, who's the next coach that comes in? It's a lot of pressure that he's putting himself under because everyone's going to want the mm-hmm. Nick Saban type style of, of coaching. Yeah, you're just, everything's going to be compared. Everything's going to be compared just constantly. So I think there's going to have to be a little bit of grace around Alabama fans, which is probably unlikely because every uh, Alabama football is a huge <laughs> deal. Uh, yeah. But Forget it's going it. to take some time before he gets to that stage. And then Washington, I don't, I can't remember the name of the guy, but he got the, they got their head coach now too. So they solved that issue uh, pretty quickly. Okay. So. Things are kind of settling in college. Uh, the biggest one next is going to be Michigan. If that falls, kind of who goes there? Yeah. Um, we are the the Patriots already took got a guy within the house to go coach next, uh, and then there's a couple of other ones cycling around right now. As far as Cowboys, do the Cowboys keep Mike McCarthy? Do they move mm-hmm. on from him after? What went down? I kind of feel like they're going to move on. I feel like they're going to move on, but we'll see. I kind of feel like it's time we'll to. See. I don't think. Jerry Jones isn't super patient. So. No, <laughs> do anything to hold that Super Bowl trophy, but you know it won't happen this year. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, the Packers handed it to the Cowboys pretty hard there. We'll see if they're able to do the same thing as the 49ers. But yeah, good. It was a interesting start to the playoffs. You know, it's always good to see playoff football yes. roll around. I want these games to be a little closer, a little bit more entertaining, a little bit of a, more of a nail biter. Uh, but yeah, do you have a different prediction for any of the playoff games? Or are you kind of the same? Um, I want Tampa to win, but I'm pretty sure the the Lions will win. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if Tampa can pull something off. Um, other than that, I think I'm pretty pretty aligned with what what you think. So, all right. I appreciate your yeah, time. Yeah, thank you. All right, it's fun to hang out and talk about what's happening, listeners. We appreciate you. Thanks for thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed, please do that. That'll let you know when episodes are available. Otherwise, uh, enjoy your sports, and we'll talk soon. See ya. See ya. God bless.